Hello, welcome to Sip Tea with Ali. I wanted to have a, a really quick episode. Um, so, this is a topic that, honestly, I get very heated up about, and I'm not sure why. It's very interesting. Um, so, I was in my writing class today, and someone was, we were talking about themes, and somebody said that they didn't like the fact that Lewis seemed to force his themes into his writing. Like, he was forcing, um, like, religious themes and the whole, um, allegorical type style was too obvious. And I was like, oh, he sounds a lot like Tolkien. And Tolkien said that. He actually was almost responsible for Narnia going into the trash. And that's harsh, my friends. That is very harsh. Um, and it's funny to think how many times Tolkien and Lewis almost like just went off on each other. And their friendship almost died. <laughs> but they stayed loyal, loyal to one another and supported one another despite their differences. Um, and one could argue that both of their writing styles were allegorical, but I have read things by professors who have analyzed that a bit and have say and have said otherwise, especially for Tolkien. Um, also, I did want to mention that I'm saying Tolkien. I found out that that was the correct way to pronounce his name, and he said so himself. Um, it's not Tolkien, Tolkien. It is Tolkien, and it has Germanic origins. So, the correct pronunciation is. Tall Keen. So if you hear me saying his name that way, don't think I'm weird. <laughs> Just do a little bit of research. Um, anyways, you know, this professor um, said that, Professor Joseph Pierce said that, you know, these weren't allegorical stories. You know, The Lord of the Rings wasn't an allegorical story because. I mean, honestly, Tolkien was very, like, he felt strongly about this, and he hated when people would say that his story was allegorical, because he's filling it with truths, right? They're not just, yes, they're made up things, but he thought it was so much more, and he thought that allegories were childish things, and didn't really belong in literature, and he did not want his stories defined by, you know, this term. And one could argue that Lewis has a very obvious allegorical style, and I feel that he does, but I want to say that there's something that I'm noticing. So I'm writing a short story at the moment, and I'm noticing that man, my theme is starting to develop. Like, I, when you write, you don't come into a project with a theme. You might have some sort of message that you want to show, but good, real, true writers don't come in with some sort of theme set in place, if you know what I mean. Sure, they might have a vision, or they might have something that they want to say and want to share, with their reader, but usually they don't have this one initial theme.
that they already have set in place, that they stay by throughout the entire story, if you know what I mean. And so someone in my class was arguing that that's how Lewis wrote, when shortly before that we talked about how you never, like, you should never come into a project, you know, some story that you want to tackle, something that you're trying to create with a theme, because all of that will flow and come naturally when you start to develop your ideas. And you should never be set to a certain theme because then you're unlimited to what you could do, if you know what I mean. And so that's when somebody mentioned C.S. Lewis and said that, you know, he was an example of, you know, someone who was bad at themes, right? Because his was way too obvious. And what was funny, though, is that When he mentioned that, I remember C.S. Lewis saying, you know, in a conversation with Tolkien, I believe, about how, like, it wasn't really intentional. It just kind of came naturally um, because that's just something he was drawn towards. And it is very obvious that, yes, you know, Aslan represents Jesus, but honestly... I have read this, I've heard this from people um, who are just not non-religious people who have said that I didn't know that Aslan represented Jesus until someone told me so. So I think the people who, th- who believe that um, C.S. Lewis's writings were allegorical as well as um, Tolkien too are usually like Christians or Catholics. Well, Catholics are Christian, right? Um, But it's usually those type of people that are like, I can see, I can see what this person represents or the theme going on in this story. And of course, for Tolkien's stories, you have to dig deeper. And that's the cool thing about them. And I love that. But I personally um, admire Lewis's style because I feel like you're not as sure, you're limited to the fact that, yes, this is, you know, this is based off of, like, Christianity, and, you know, oh, the white witch represents the devil, right? But you could also think about how, you know, the devil comes in different forms, too. So, you know, like, there's just certain things that you can think about. You, I've noticed that I could go further up and further into this story than what people see on the surface, so I see that I feel like that's really interesting, um, and I think it's just it's such an interesting debate um, with the whole Lewis versus Tolkien thing, and I think that's very interesting that a lot of people will a lot. There's a lot of Tolkien fans. Let's just say that there is a big, huge Tolkien fan base. Let's just say that because it's such a big epic you know, it's high fantasy. It's, it's, I I believe that like Tolkien was the one who invented high fantasy, that epic fantasy. Um, and it is close to being categorized in the subgenre of, I want to say like quest fantasy, but it's not quest fantasy because it's more than just a quest going on. There's a lot of deeper things. Um, it is just a very, very big story. So it's considered to be high fantasy. So it's like, it's very big and it's very deep, Um, but, you know, it's not as obvious. Um, And I just think it's very interesting because a lot of 
people um, take Tolkien's side and not Lewis's side. But I am, I'm trying to be like, okay, let's, let's go in the middle here, okay? Like, they both were very different individuals. Tolkien was a Catholic, and if you think about it, Catholics, this is the one true church, so of course, we're going to have a lot more than a Protestant, like a lot more to share and be a lot deeper than a Protestant like Lewis, if you think about it. So that's just my opinion on that. And another thing I also wanted to like add to that as well is that I feel like people often compare Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit with Narnia. And I feel like you cannot do that because they're both so so different they're different worlds yes they're fantasy and they are both religious and really have that obvious like good versus evil good always wins theme that should be present in every like you know fantasy story but I'm telling you it's not nowadays which is heartbreaking but there's just so much to each book that I feel like is so unique that you can never compare the two and you can never compare the two authors either and I feel like that's another thing too there's a lot of diehard Tolkien fans that will debate for hours over the fact that they don't like Lewis's style and they don't like Lewis's just approach to writing and storytelling And, you know, then there's going to be people that are diehard C.S. Lewis fans that are going to be against Tolkien. Or maybe there's, of course, there's going to be those people in the middle who can look at both sides and see, wow, they were both very intelligent individuals. They were both very different, though, and they approach things very differently. So I just think it's very interesting how people often feel like they can compare the two because they were closely related. They were friends. They talked often. They were, you know, part of the Inklings together. And it's beautiful that they had such a good friendship despite their differences. And, you know, they stayed loyal to each other. And I just think it's so beautiful that they were able to have these differences. And sure, they didn't always get along. And, you know, Tolkien was responsible, almost responsible for the death of Narnia. But I feel like the whole debate between the two shouldn't exist because, I mean, when you, it's like you're trying to compare, like, I mean, they both have very different styles, but when I was talking to the, talking about this with my dad, um, my dad said, it's like, Lewis is writing a ballad, you know, those, those songs, you know, are telling a story, right? But then Tolkien and, and, you know, it's very obvious what they're saying. They know they, they know what they're going to say and they're going to say it. Um, and, and you can get that. You can picture it so well. But then Tolkien is kind of like, ooh, I'm going to go over here and write, let's say, a folksy type song. And it's going to be full of deep meanings. And this one character in, you know, in my story or whatever, in this kind of song that he's writing is going to do like is going to represent one thing, but they could also represent another thing as well. So I just think it's the way that my dad described it was like, oh, wow, that makes sense. And I just think it's very interesting how many people try to 
solve the debate between the two that they felt, I guess, the, that people felt like, you know, just continued even till, you know, even until, like, Lewis died and eventually Tolkien died. But I do admire their friendship, and I do just admire the fact that Lewis had, you know, his best friend say, dude, that's unrealistic. Dude, that's too obvious, you know, and he did it. You know, he picked his story up out of the trash, and he went with it, and he didn't care. You know, sure, (laughs) his best friend's not going to enjoy reading it, but he did what he felt he was called to do and honestly I think it's just so beautiful how they both did what they were called to do and they were able to show truth and goodness and morals and all this kind of stuff in literature in a time that it was trying to like recover from World War II when people were you know thinking does God even exist is he even here you know why if if he was here you know why why is all this bad stuff happening? So I just think it's it's amazing because they were able to share so much through their... So I wanted to end with just the fact that everyone's style and everyone's voice is so unique in the writing world. And even... I mean, I think we can all observe this in just our daily lives. I think it's just so amazing to think about how we're all just so unique as we are, you know, the way we talk, the way we act, the way we approach a certain situation, that of course your writing style is going to be so different. Or, you know, we were even talking about this in my writing class, you know, we talked about how when we read, we're each, like, we could read something, but experience something entirely different while reading that. So sometimes, you know, we were talking about how, you know, some people when they read, they're more of the the visual type. You know, sometimes they're they're picturing it in their head like it's a movie. And that's me. That's what I do. I picture things usually in my head like it's a movie when at least when I'm writing. That's how I think of it. I'm like, okay, like let's let's switch scenes, let's go to this next thing. Oh, okay, so we're switching to another character talking now so it's we're gonna pan the camera this way that's how I'm thinking when I'm writing but when I'm reading I'm more of the type that's that you know is experiencing you know when when I guess like let's say C.S. Lewis was like describing the movement of the trees at nighttime you know I, I can feel the the air you know I can feel the breeze and I can see the night sky and you know then I start to smell the running water and just oh I can tell you know the sun is coming up it's morning you know I see the dew all this kind of stuff and I think it's just so beautiful to think about how I could read one story and another could read that same story and we could interpret a a scene entirely like different and I just think it's it's crazy and that just goes to show how you can't compare two authors because they're going to be different they're just like how any everyone is so different and so unique those those authors had their own style had their own voice and I just think it's so cool how they just ran with it and how 
they both went through hell and they still picked themselves back up again and were able to create stories that have healed so many, that have inspired so many. And honestly, like, I don't think I would feel this desire to write stories or keep on telling stories, especially this week after I had my teacher, you know, kind of rip my ideas to shreds. And I realized that a lot of what we came up with were her ideas. And it was kind of like, oh, now I have to write those ideas that aren't mine. And it was hard, but it was me realizing, wow, like, this is what it means to be a writer. This is what it means. And I honestly think it's what I need. I need to be ripped to shreds in order to experience true humility. And that's what I know is going to bring me closer to God because we're called to be so little, you know, not just childlike little, but just little in in a very humble way. And I feel like writing is something that's allowing me to do that because I'm telling you, I haven't gotten much praise, you know, and you don't really hear that very often in certain industries like this. Um, (laughs) My cat is crying in the closet, but I just think it is really amazing how you can experience so many different feelings and you can describe that to a person on a page and that person can just start to create this world in their head. You know, the, this world just starts churning and just starts coming alive in their head and in their mind. And I just think that this is so amazing. And honestly, I wouldn't have been able to experience any of that or realize any of that if it weren't for God making me realize that I needed to experience this. Um, because it's not those compliments that move you forward. It's those, you know, those co- critical comments, those comments where people are maybe suggesting something because they don't think your ideas sound right yet. That those are the things that move you forward and make you chase your dreams. It's not, oh, this sounds amazing, keep it up. And Honestly, throughout this week, I'm like, man, I I just want to hear, this is amazing, keep this up. But I'm realizing, no, I need to, like, let my ideas be ripped apart. And C.S. Lewis has been, like, my comfort person throughout all this um, because he experienced that, you know. Um, He had his own close friends say, yeah, this is too childish this is too allegorical, it's too obvious, and why a lamppost? (laughs) He says, you can't bring stuff from the real world into a fictional world, and he said, watch me, right? I'm gonna do it, and he did it, and he put it away so many times, and he had so many people say, "Mm, you can't do it, but he did it, and I'm just realizing that that's what it takes. You got to refine, you got to refine, and you have to and just keep on refining your story. Um, You have to have people say those type of things because, you know, those things that hurt, those things that 
make you realize, yeah, I'm going to have to start all over. You know, it's not like I hadn't spent our, spent hours on this already and, you know, have already got sleepless nights over this. But this is where I'm realizing this is where dreams begin. This is where struggles begin. This is where a good path to sainthood begins because that's when we learn to be humble. That's when we learn to keep on moving forward, even if it's at 2 a.m. when you know, we wake up in the middle of the night and can't sleep, maybe that's God saying, pick up that pen and write for me, you know, like who knows? And I just think it's so amazing how you can tell that Lewis and Tolkien wrote for God and wrote with a special purpose in mind. And they had a theme, but their theme, they didn't really realize they had this theme until after they had finished writing their book because when you write, things come naturally, and there's a natural order that falls into place when you're writing, and, you know, you might call this like an eight-point art story structure type thing, you know, you might call it the three acts, whatever you want to call it, many different names, and they're all related, um, and sure, you're going to have to follow that basic structure, but there's going to be something that motivates you. There's going to be something that pushes you forward as you're refining your story. And I just think it's so cool to think about the fact that the themes that writers have aren't intentional usually. They're they're just something that came naturally. And I think when you think about Tolkien and Lewis and their writing styles and their themes, it's like, whoa, that came naturally, you know, that, and that just goes to show how God can just work through people in so many amazing ways, you know, um, like, I'm realizing that, like, I can, when I'm reading, like, C.S. Lewis, especially any of the Narnia books, I, I get this sense of, like, God's presence, if you know what I mean, and I can just tell that, like, oh, C.S. Lewis, like, oh, uh, like, God just was working through him as he wrote this. Or maybe he's working through me as I read this. There's just something about it, you know? I just feel like the Holy Spirit was guiding Lewis. The Holy Spirit was guiding Tolkien. The Holy Spirit is guiding me as I'm reading and I'm, and I'm learning what it takes to be a writer. Sure, I don't know if this is what I want to do for a living because it's draining. It's difficult. It's hard. But maybe that's what I need. Um, and I wanted to close with this C.S. Lewis quote. Even in literature and art, no man who bothers about originality will ever be original. Whereas, if you simply try to tell the truth without caring two pence how often it has been told before, you will nine times out of ten become original without ever having noticed it. C.S. Lewis. Thank you for joining in on another C.S. Lewis ramble episode. Um, if you don't mind saying some prayers for me this week, I would really appreciate it. It's I just got a bunch of additional um, writing assignments on top of trying to finish my draft. <laughs> so I think I want to go insane. <laughs> Um, but it'll be fine. Uh, it'll all work out. I just, 
it's, it's been hard, but I'm just glad that I was able to sit down and kind of talk this out because honestly, like, it, it's a topic that I've been thinking about a lot and it's just something that I feel like needs to be said.